This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. We're joining you after um, this L.A. game, which was subpar at best, and we'll get into all about that on today's episode. Uh, thanks for joining us on this Monday. If you are new to the podcast, this is where we'll be talking about league news, which there is a plenty this week, and of course, the Washington Capitals uh, Week in Review. Uh, we'll also tease our Thursday episode, which will be segment-based and or an interview in, in general terms. Um, <clears throat> but if you're an OG, thanks for sticking with us and, and being here, and we love you and we mean it. Love you, mean it. <laughs> All right, Paul, I think we should just get into it and pop some tabs. What do you think? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans, uh, lots of league news, uh, suspensions. I mean, there's been, I think, even if you didn't have COVID, this would be a pretty good week of news for all of us. So Absolutely. So, Paul, you have something in the outline here, like NHL, KHL collab. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, well, first of all, are you hearing an echo on me? No, I'm not. Am I echoing for okay. you? No, I'm echoing on myself, but that's not an issue as long as it's not messing up the feed. Um, no, I don't. I don't hear anything, and I don't think uh, okay. you're being picked up. So, okay, um, yeah. So, there's talks between the NHL and the KHL to bring in a couple of NHL teams next year and do some uh, preseason September exhibitions, and those teams look to be Tampa and Washington, and. You know, the the big draws there are Russian greats Ovechkin and Nikita Kucherov. So, right. um, you know, I think that's something that would probably really excite the Russian fans. And, uh, you know, I can only imagine if, I don't know, some American basketball player was tearing it up in Europe and they did a, you know, he became world famous and came and played in America. People here would be all over it, so... You know, when you put it in terms like that, I can I can see where the excitement would be, and this would be. I mean, they've done this before. They've they've gone to Sweden. Um, I think the Canucks have gone to China. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's good that they do this. This definitely helps their initiative of growing the game. Whatever. Sure. Um, the only thing that I can think about right now is like, you remember how they smuggled Fedorov? Like the Red Wings <laughs> had to basically yeah. capture Fedorov and and bring him back over to the United States, and that's really how like the the Iron Curtain for the NHL was penetrated. Was basically they signed a contract. Fedorov was like, uh, "Okay, we just got to do this. Like, I gotta I gotta dip out like in the trunk of your car." Uh, what if they did that to Ovi and Cooch? <laughs> kept him. The exact yeah. opposite. Right, no, they they kept him, right? Yeah, they were just like, this is for Fedorov, you motherfuckers. Down with capitalism. <laughs> I would cry. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Me too, me too. Uh I mean that would be that would be definitely interesting. Um and hope let's hope it's not. It doesn't happen. Because if you haven't read or, or learned about 
how Russians, uh, you know, really started to flood the NHL, you should definitely check out that story. Um, I believe it was Stan Bowman. Yeah. Uh, brought, brought that Russian five over and, um, or not Stan Bowman, Scotty, the, the OG Bowman. Um, so just, it's super interesting stuff and, I really don't know how I don't I don't think it could be done in today's world, but uh, definitely hilarious and like the, it's such a hockey story. Like yet it's like kind of serious because they literally captured somebody and put him in a trunk of a car and then dipped out overnight on a plane back to the United States. So yeah, I mean it. It's very Cold War. You know, it definitely it fit the uh, fit the bill of the situation. It was appropriate for the the times. Yeah, no doubt. That's, that's a good way to put it. Very cold war, cold war chic, if you will. Um, all right. Uh, the Canadians hosted Philly on Wednesday with zero fans. There's no fans until January when they expect to have partial capacity. Uh, they've done this as cases, COVID cases continue to spike in the area. Um, COVID is ravaging the NHL. Again, many are questioning if the season will be postponed. All games involved travel between the U.S. and Canada were postponed until December 23rd. Uh, and that's probably going to like last longer into the new year. On Sunday, the Red Wings and um, Maple Leafs became the 6th and 7th NHL teams to be shut down through the holiday break, joining the Bruins, Preds, <clears throat> Flames, Avs, and Panthers. On Thursday, I'm going to be kind of giving on the Hockey Troll hip check a little bit more. We'll, we'll discuss this and, and a little bit more information, um, not only about how it may affect the NHL, but also the Olympics and, you know, what the experts are saying. And then we'll bitch, I'm sure. So it is a Hockey Troll hip check. So um, <clears throat> tune in on Thursday for that. Paul Maurice, in a very surprise kind of, uh, step down here is head coach uh, for the Jets. He, he stepped down the same day their game was against the Caps, like in the morning. Uh, he was their coach for nine years. It's a huge run in the NHL. We always talk about NHL tenure for a coach. A head coach is usually two, two and a half years. Uh, it's it's kind of sad. Like he just the presser. He sounded very defeated. I mean, he he admitted he wasn't what the team needed, and the boys needed someone new to yell at him. He was. 315 and 223 and 62 ties or overtime losses uh, with the Jets. Dave Lowry, the assistant, will take over as head coach and be head coach for his son, Adam Lowry, on that team. The Jets have had a pretty pedestrian start to a year, um, which I'm sure is a huge reason for this. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens to Paul Maurice. I mean, I think that changes the the coaches available landscape a lot because I don't think that there there's probably not many teams on the NHL that like he would be like an automatic no for. What do you think, Polly? Well, I think he definitely shoots up to the top of the list of available candidates. Right. He, as you can see from the numbers you listed, he has a winning record, and I think I don't think they went to the conference finals, but they went to game seven in the second round with uh, Vegas, I think. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's 
he's taken a franchise that was just absolute garbage in Atlanta and turned Winnipeg into a team that is relevant and and the fact that you know he stuck around for so long I, I think his success and the fact that other GMs had uh, faith in him I, I mean I can't even I, other than him what I guess Rick Tockett is one of the top guys available yeah but it's um, Tockett so the yeah, only so time I mean, Tockett's I, good is if he has Kessel yeah <laughs> I mean I can't even really think of a coach that I would, uh, if I were a GM, that I would want over Paul Maurice. Yeah, at least right now of available. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't see, you know, maybe that's why he did it at this point. Because he sees, you know, at the beginning of last season, the coaching field was like super uh, ripe with a lot of good candidates, right? But like now it's, it's uh, dried up because everybody's, you know, Gallant's been picked up. Uh, by the Rangers, the uh, Caps got Laviolette, and I thought they were th- those guys were like top two. Um, but with Paul Maurice stepping down, it's, it's definitely interesting. And then uh, the whole Chicago thing was a big culling, I think, for the NHL as far as coaches, as it should have been, and and management leadership, right? So you know, to have Quinville not be in hockey right now uh which you know you think about it it's pretty well deserved um it's it's interesting so we'll see where he's gonna get paid next but uh i i don't think i've ever seen a coach just be like yeah they don't like i just don't feel it anymore and i'm just other than dale hunter but i think dale hunter was just like he wanted to go back to being like ultimate king of of london uh, and his, with his junior team, but I don't know. Can you remember a time where somebody's just like rode off into the sunset? Well, basically just said like, "Yeah, this isn't working for uh, for me or for the team. I'm not going to wait to get fired. I'm just going to peace out." No, I can't think of anything. I mean, it's always been, from what I remember, dudes getting fired or stepping away for like substance abuse things. Or, yeah, you know, problems like that. Yeah, like the, them leaving on less than stellar terms. Yeah. So interesting stuff. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll see where he where he lands. I'm sure he'll get another gig if he wants it uh, in the NHL as a head coach. Uh, moving on though, the Olympics. Kuznetsov will not be allowed to compete in Beijing. Um, they, I know that. Uh, I think it was Alexei Kovalev or whatever was was really trying to. Uh, push his uh push his buddy in but i i don't i they the iha or the the whatever board that governs the olympics i think it's like the ioc the olympic committee basically said um now nah, you're you're still going to be out for another 4 years uh and if you remember he tested positive for cocaine which is not necessarily a performance enhancing drug uh, except on the dance floor. And then, you know, so <laughs> there, uh, th- that's, he, he gets, he gets caught red handed here. Tests is positive for it. Um, there's no, you know, he didn't say he didn't do it. I mean, he basically said like, you know, I'm, I, I fucked up. He, he owned it. And, um, I, I don't know. 
Are you mad at this, Polly? I can't be mad. Mad at the decision? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the IIHF made their ruling, and, uh, you know, really it's... I think the only thing I'd be mad about is if they extended their ruling. Yeah. But just, you know, the having the ruling upheld, um, you know, I don't know how it works between the IIHF and the IOC and how that all crosses over, but I, I think... Um, I think the IHF has say over the Olympics, even though it's run by a different organization. And yeah, since this punishment was already doled out, I think really it was just kind of a, a hope that they might overturn it. But like right. if with them saying no, it's like, all right, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't think that he was, he ever really had a, a real shot. And also to your point, I don't think that they were petitioning for him to return to all international play, just the Olympics. So I think this was like a purely like, will the IOC ignore the IIHF's ruling? Basically, I think is what they were trying to get in, in so many words, trying to get done. Uh, yeah. Because you know how international sports are. There's, it just seems like everybody's the fucking king. And it's like whoever's right. hosting that tournament at, that, at any given time kind of makes up their own set of fucking rules. Yeah, and you know, he's technically not playing for Team Russia, so I wonder if they played that that card. You know, he's he's playing with this independent group of Russians, right? And it shouldn't apply here. Um, Maybe, and I, I mean, I that's probably, you know, the the angle I would go from. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't. I didn't read the details of everything, but if you're going to go that angle, it's still the the player himself that's been banned not yeah you know so and it said all international play so you know i'm not surprised and you know i I think that it's probably a good thing for the player for kuznetsov and for the caps that he doesn't go play these you know now we get to save him to be completely honest yeah i mean the caps have just like many other teams have been getting hit hard with covid and um you know the fact that They'll have a, a high performer just sitting at home resting. Um, well, who knows if he'll be resting, but he'll at least not be doing anything in China. So right. um, it's definitely better for the, the near future of the Caps this season. Yeah. Um, the NHL is still up in the air about the participation in the Olympics. Again, we'll cover that on Thursday a little bit more in depth, but it's, it's close to – you know, decision time is coming, and as of right now, we're still in the same. We still have the same uh, same message from the NHL. Injuries: uh, LeBlanc for the San Jose Sharks out three months for a dislocated shoulder. I didn't see this play, but uh, that's all I have on injuries. <clears throat> uh, he's a he's like kind of a middle middle uh, roster guy, so I'm sure he'll be missed, but. Um, it's hard for me to feel bad forever. for anybody on injuries. What'd you say? He's been there forever. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a long time, San, uh, Sharks. So, you know, three months out, <clears throat> getting that dis- dislocated shoulder, you know, back in. As we know that that's a uh, dislocations are tough, and oftentimes, you know, it's this is longer than a break for sure. 
if he would have broken like an arm, he'd probably be back in two, two and a half. Um, interesting to see such a long period of time out for this. Must have been a pretty serious dislocation. Um, suspensions. Spezza ends up getting his suspension reduced to four games from six after an appeal. He ended up playing Saturday. So, you know, that's typically how it goes. Though they did uphold his suspension and say that, that that's, you know, your you are rightfully suspended. We're going to reduce it by two games so you can play now. Uh, I feel like the whole appeal process is just like, you did all the paperwork. It's a completion score. You're still suspended. You're still a bad guy and you're still going to like be suspended and we're not going to like change our ruling, but Oh, it's for all your like bullshit work that you've just done. You'll get some games knocked off that, um, that, stuff that are the the ruling right yeah i think that's a fair assessment <laughs> it's just so fucking dumb like i don't know i uh it i you would think that the nhl being such hardos on this shit would just be like nah fuck you you did this all because I'm not sure. I mean, it just seems like everybody who appeals just gets the same result. Yeah, you're still suspended for a good reason, but because you were a good boy and like did all this dumb shit, here's two games off and you can play now. I mean, that's what happened to Tom Wilson, and he got his reduced by quite a lot. I don't think Caudry. I think his appeal was denied last year. Oh, really? Yeah, but that was in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. And he's... But Kadri's a fucking nutcase, and he's like, there's no way that's a guy who's going to get off. No. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and then, you know, our last bit of suspension news that happened today. The ruling came in today on Sunday. Ex-Cap and Cup champ Brett Connolly um, uh, got four games for a hit to Tanner uh, Kiro. I mean, this hit was huge. I mean, it was a big hit. Kiro ends up getting carted off on a stretcher. Uh, he was, it looked like he was knocked out cold from it. He was basically the, the play happened is, is the defenseman's kind of shooting the puck up the boards, but it's like basically off the glass. And as it passes Kiro, Connolly just takes him out. Uh, I don't know if he was anticipating Kiro to get that puck or what, but in reality, Kiro was nowhere near that puck and just got cleaned the fuck out and wasn't even looking. I mean, he, he was, you know, head fully turned towards the towards the boards, and just gets knocked the fuck out. Um, that's a tough play. I don't think Connolly meant to do this as like a malicious, you know, play. He was just there and decided to take the body. Um, yeah, <laughs> but. That was a type of hit where nobody even retaliated against Connolly. Everybody was just like, holy fuck, get the trainer out here now. Did you see this, Paul? Yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of look, you know, the way I saw it was he was trying to be opportunistic, um, and he, I guess, was banking on the fact that, you know, uh, Kira was going to grab that puck. But I think even if he grabbed the puck, they probably would have still at least called boarding. Um and honestly, not to be too much of a hater here, but I, I mean, I, I feel like this easily fits into the cheap shot category. 
Um, he hit a guy without the puck who wasn't looking, and even if his intent wasn't meant to be dirty, I mean, he just completely hit a guy who had no way of defending himself. Yeah, I mean, it, if he would have hit him, if he would have just been in front of him and impeded his progress, it would have been a two-minute interference penalty. Yeah, I mean, he, if he would have just, like, stopped and let him run into him, yeah, then we wouldn't even be having a conversation. Right, but he probably still, but Connolly would have still been penalized, don't you think? Like even if he, yeah, most likely, yeah, because just for being there. Um, so yeah, I mean, when you, I would say it does look cheap, and it's, and, and I'm sure that it. I mean, it, I agree. I think it is a cheap play because it was so easy for Connolly to line this guy up. I think that Connolly probably thought that the puck was going to land there. Um, because, you know, from his angle, he just sees the, the defenseman fire it up. He doesn't yeah. think, you know, he doesn't track the puck because it's, it's moving pretty quick. And the puck really, <clears throat> while he's making contact, hits the boards and, like, goes out. So, ill-advised play, to say the least. I think that he, you know, knows he deserves that four games, uh, especially with how, uh, you know, how the, the result of the hit as far as the injury yeah. goes. <clears throat> Speaking of hitting, football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cast prizes all season long with, da- with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes, or in total prizes, I'm sorry, for their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey and APA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer's restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> so, Paul, I think we should uh, you know, talk about the Washington Capitals here. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Just to start off today's Washington wraparound. Backstrom on COVID protocol, Kuznetsov on COVID protocol, and then going into the Sunday game uh, against LA, TJ Oshie on COVID protocol. So as we said earlier in the episode, like the NHL is banning, um, or I don't even know if we said it, but the NHL is banning um, on Saturday. It was a Friday game, right? Like the very next day they were like, all right, no more bullshit. There's going to be no more traveling across borders until the new year. Um, so that's in place till January 7th. Um, but, you know, depleted lineup yet again coming into this into this week. On the 15th, we played, we were in Chicago. <clears throat> and, you know, I just want to, like, beat the shit out of this team once this year. And I think that times are I don't think that was the series end I think we probably have one more game against Chicago but I'd love to just fucking smoke them at least once you know uh well they're a west team so I I think it's only twice 
Yeah, I th- you're probably right. Um, some of the teams I think we have to play three times, though. Or maybe that's interconference. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's interconference that you play thrice. <clears throat> right. So Backstrom, though, before he was out on COVID, uh, is back. He assists along with Oshi, Ovi's power play goal to go up one nothing. Ovi is now tied for the power play goal record with Dave Andrzejczyk. Uh, I think it's 274 power play goals. That's crazy. He's at the very. He's the number one tied. Uh, and as much as we'd love to see him do it again, <clears throat> uh, this week, spoiler alert, he did not. Hawks get on a five on three and score twice right after the power play to score again. That's three goals in under a minute, dude. They really just came out and were like, was like, you know, on fire at one point. Um, Bronger gets to the late one, absolute snipe to make it 3-2, uh, and that's free nuggies in, in, in the second, correct? Yeah. Uh, Lars yeah, Eller? Was, oh, go ahead. Those three goals, um, I forget what the number was. I think it was 40-something seconds. It was the uh, – or maybe it was 30-something. It was the second fastest the Caps have ever let up three goals. There, there was one game I saw on the graphic – um, so they didn't they didn't break the record. Uh, right. The Caps didn't for three goals let up on them, but it was the second fastest franchise history letting up three goals by the away team or the opponent. Yeah, I mean, isn't that just that's hockey, baby? Right? Fucking a. I mean, a minute of bed shitting and you're down three one. Uh, yeah, it feels like we're playing the Penguins. Yeah. Right. Luckily, though, like you, uh, like we just said, Sprong gets one late, uh, and that was a, a pretty good snipe, just turning and going, had some space, short side on Flurry, um, and then Lars Eller opening up the third gets one, a greasy goal, uh, but the pa- the power play goal gives the Hawks back the lead for three, four to three, um, with three seconds left though. Okay, so this is this game. You know, the Hawks didn't look bad. They're they're doing. Their their thing, they're they're whipping the puck around. You know they looked re- they looked pretty good. You know uh, better than probably their record indicates at least in this game. And you know again depleted lineup. You know all the excuses in the world for the Washington Capitals. But uh, three seconds left. Ovi sets up Sherry for a game tying goal. Uh, in I mean this was just like a super awesome late veteran push here. I think uh, and. I, th- I believe Sherry scores this as he's, like, getting hauled down. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, so when it, when it comes to the Caps in the trying to tie it up late, I've actually <clears throat> never had more faith in a team tying up late mm-hmm. than I have in this Caps team this season because they've done it a couple times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were getting their chances, and it really looked like they weren't going to make it happen. Um, even though it seemed like they were doing almost everything right. And then Ovi, you know, gets that puck near the goal line and they're probably expecting him to just try to force it, drops it on his backhand. Shiri fights through the D and is just what a beautiful play. Yeah. And, um, you know, just adding to the mystique right. of Alex Ovechkin and, and Shiri, he's having, you know, he's scoring some important goals. He's not scoring when we're up five to two you know, five minutes left in the game. He's he's scoring important goals and, you know, their momentum shifts and 
um, he's bounced around and I know he's been with us was his second season now. And, um, I think he, he's really found a home in Washington. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think Sherry's his entire career has been the most consistent player, but you know, he's a 20 goal guy, you know, he's, uh, he's a, a solid little winger. And, and that's the best thing about him is he's like, he's probably one of the smallest guys on the team, but you know, he, he picks his spots and, and makes it, makes it count. Um, so I like to see it. I, I, you know, I hated him. I hated playing against him when, when the cat, when he was on the penguins, but, uh, you know, obviously a really good, uh, really good addition to this team, at least right now. Uh, and imagine if we didn't have a player like that in our depleted roster at this point, you know, uh, yeah, but I think, uh, the, the depletion would be showing. Oh yeah. Even more so than it is now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, the Caps lose in overtime. <laughs> I don't even remember the play. I, I was almost just like, I just groaned and just turned it off. Yeah, pretty much the same here. I, I don't remember <laughs> it exactly, just watching it and being like, come on. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. Uh, so... I mean, we were lucky to get this point out of it. Uh, it was not a great game by the whole team, but a good veteran push there at the end kind of ties it up for us, and we steal a point. Um, I will say, though, and we talked about this, Samsonov did not have a great game. Uh, I think he made some a couple really good saves, as he always does, as I feel like every goalie does in any game almost. Um but uh, we, I, I was texting you and I tweeted it out. You know, this is going to be like look for Vanacek next in net uh, in Winnipeg. I just think, you know, this is the benefit of having that two-headed monster. You know. Yeah, you know, Vitek had a few not so strong games, and then Sammy stepped in, and you know he's had his most recent run, and you know he has a game like this, and then. Having that option, you know, if you had, you know, I can't even think of a not good goalie to be backup, but you know, if you had no name guy, mm-hmm. Sammy just has to power through this. Right. But th- this gives the the team a better chance because you can take a guy out when he's not looking great, and I think it kind of saves the goalie. You know, it gives him a chance to reset and not have to pile on if if the the streak continues. Yeah, and it's an amazing uh like tool for the coaching staff to pit them against each other, right? Keep the competition alive between yeah. backup and starter. You know, I mean, I think in Montreal, you know, and this is probably a huge kudo to to Carey Price is that he has zero competition. The dude gets paid 10 million dollars a year and uh he is the number one goalie in that town bar none. The only time he doesn't play is when he doesn't want to <laughs> or when he's injured, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, the and the fact that Carey Price still carries that team is speaks volumes of like how who he is as a player and a person, but uh <laughs> you know, with these two young goalies, 
I think that this competition is super, super healthy and important to have. Um, so, you know, to, to our point here, we were right in Winnipeg, which ends up being a five, two win. Um, which by the way, friend of the podcast, Carl Alsner on the TV broadcast. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't get into this game until it had been going on for a little bit. Okay. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm glad to, glad to see that he's back on, on the, the pregame, right? That's what you're talking about. No. So this was, he was actually like, like on the first intermission, they had him, I guess, uh, somewhere local in DC, they had like a watch long party and it was like a Christmas themed thing. Um, and, uh, there was like events and things and, uh, he was there just kind of reporting in. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know he he definitely wants to stay in the game, and he's he's getting to do that. Yeah, um, fucking Alan May. So Alexis goes, all right, Carl, will you, thanks for joining us. Go get yourself a s'more. And Alan May's like, a s'more? He's going to get himself some Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Carl goes, I'll have a little of both. <laughs> and, and thanks, guys. And they like, they cut the interview fucking hilarious dude uh yeah it's funny (laughs) but uh but this game was obviously in like we'd covered in winnipeg so this is like a he was in dc like reporting in um for this thing uh but uh you know starts out as like a really good uh road effort by the caps i think i mean very back and forth in the first period but it was still deadlocked until the second at zero zero when brett leeson who just i mean just found this awesome seam in in this play and used his size to box out the guy behind him gets the pass and just a nice uh re- nice hard release beats hellebuck five hole i mean it's leeson's third goal of the season and he's probably one of the highest scoring other than mcmichael uh of the new Young Guns, if you will. Young Guns 2.0. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's always good to see depth scoring, but especially at, at this point with the Caps, what they're going through with injuries and COVID, and knowing that the young guys can do this. And, you know, I think I agree. He, he's, um, he's looked, at least among the forwards, he's looked the best other than McMichael. Yeah. I'd agree. And I love the kid's size, too. Size and hands, all of it. Oh, yeah. Later in the second, we see that uh, Ovi hates Sprong. <laughs> <laughs> so Ovi's giving it to Sprong on the bench. Uh, I don't know what about either, like, go to the net, play fucking defense, do something other than float around, you fuck, uh, which Sprong is very guilty of in most, lots of times. Um, you know, I know that Caps Twitter likes him, but, and he has that, that lethal shot, but that doesn't matter if you don't ever have the puck or can never get the puck. Right. Um, but like the very next shift after, after Ovi just starts yelling, I mean, and he's, he's giving it to him, man. Like uh, in the past five years, probably hasn't seen Ovi really yell at anyone, uh, too much, but I do remember earlier in his career, Ovi, like after Ovi got the captain and Backy got the A, he would, he would, he would lay into Backstrom pretty good. And Backstrom would yell back, you know, Sprong just has to like bitch down and take this. 
because yeah. that's that's Sprong's role. But like you know, Backy's got enough clout in that room that he can kind of yell back. But um, it's kind of like when you and I argue at uh, beer league and captains like mom and dad are fighting again i hate this (laughs) right yeah i mean you know i think that there's a lot that people could read into this but uh i just think that this probably happens a lot more than than you would you would think i I, it happens all the time in beer league we're always yelling at each other you and i me uh yelling at the forwards generally is what i like to do um because they're just fucking worthless for the most part all forwards but I, I don't know. I mean, um, that it's, it's a part of the game, you know, I think, and it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, at least whenever I join like a new beer league team, which I haven't had to do in a long time, like I like don't yell until like the third or fourth game. <laughs> at least I try to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you kind of it's it's natural, right? I don't I don't remember is, a, a quiet know. bench ever playing. Yeah, I mean, and you know, people need to communicate, and part of that, especially in an emotion filled game, is going to be not fun communicating. Um, but you know, I think every you know teammates need to hold each other accountable, and you know, you don't obviously you don't want guys. Um, verbally abusing or picking and choosing who they yell at, but, um, at least in an unfair fashion, but you know, this, this has to happen from time to time. I think, I think it's good. Uh, Hey tank, what's up, man? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it's speaking of tank, he commented, hi. Um, sometimes we, we would yell at each other quite a lot playing sports growing up too. Uh, actually, real quick, funny story. One time we were playing hockey against each other, and uh, it was squirt, and he had a breakaway trying to get the, his first goal of the season, and I pulled the ultimate scumbag move and tripped my best friend on a breakaway, and he didn't get the score. <laughs> real, real shitty in me. Did they give um, him a penalty shot? Uh, no, I think it was just a two-minute. You know, wow. it was. I don't think they called many penalty shots for the kids. Right, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely it's nothing to be worried about as a Caps fan. You know, he's he's the captain after all. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I think that – and we talked about it. I was like, why why Sprong? And, I mean, I get why Sprong, like, because I would yell at Sprong. It just, you know, a guy – that dude is noticeably slower without the puck on his stick. He's yeah. that type of player. Like, noticeably slower. And we've played with these people. All, like, I've played with a bunch of them. I know, like, this type of... Your, your brother, Parker. Parker is a, a good example of that. I feel like Parker finds another gear when he's got a fucking... When he's got the puck on his stick, he's, like, unstoppable. So, like, you know, just wheels everyone. Uh, without the puck on his stick, he's kind of just like, Guys, get me the puck. <laughs> and then when he gets it, he turns it on. And that's... You know, I get it. That's... um it's playing without the puck is harder is, is just as hard, you know, if not harder than playing with it. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's way less fun. Cause you know, you don't have the thing that everybody wants around you. Um, so I, I could see this, but you know, you had an interesting, you brought an interesting point up about the sprong Ovi thing is that, you know, 
Ovi's yelling at him because Sprong's, uh, you know, he's that right-handed shot that will likely, I mean, if Sprong stays long-term with the Caps, that, you know, he may eventually start getting that, like, that number one PP spot over in the Ovi spot. Yeah, I mean, I I think at least, you know, from the outside in, not knowing what goes through Ovechkin's brain, you know, I, I could see him looking at him and thinking, you know, I see a lot of myself in this kid. Uh, I feel like sure. older players and coaches have that quite often. You know, you get a younger guy, and and a lot of times when you see something in someone that reminds you of yourself, you're a little harder on them. And right. whether that's, you know, a reflection on regrets you have or, you know, you just, you know, you can see their potential because you know what you can do. Um, I think – if Ovi is a little extra hard on Sprong, it's because he's thinking, you know, when I'm gone, he'll be the closest thing to being me. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I agree. I mean, I think that, I think that's a solid point here. Uh, and you know, Sprong's biggest criticism has always been like, he's, he's invisible unless he has the puck. And then there's like moments of brilliance, uh, when he has it, um, he's not a very defensively responsive, responsible person. And these were all, and still are, you know, though less, less warranted now, uh, criticisms that Ovi's faced throughout his career. It's just that Ovi was put, it was like dropping 50 in a year. So you don't really have a lot of like, okay, yeah. So he gives up 20 goals in his, in his year, you know, through direct, uh, non-back checking but he drops in 30 more so we'll give him a pass right also he's the best goal scorer in history so you know yeah it's kind of hard to detract from that guy's game <laughs> and i mean if you're doing it you're just being a hater at this point right yeah i mean if if sprong wants to not get the criticism which he still will but at least not from teammates he's bumping those numbers up yeah yeah absolutely by the tune of like 30 a year <laughs> So, uh, interesting stuff. We'll, we'll see how it goes. In strong, in Sprong's defense, as he's been moved up to the top six, he has been some, somewhat more, uh, uh, productive, you know, a goal in, uh, the Chicago game. And, you know, he scored, he scored a handful of goals in the last 10 games. So that's a good thing. You know, he's scoring at a decent rate. Um, but, I think to stay on a top six, you have to play both ways. You got to play two way hockey, as they said in Mighty Ducks. Absolutely. You know, I had a a late a late coach, a great man, you know, Coach PA Tom PA. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he liked to do. You know, this is really only for the people watching because I'm gonna do a, a hand signal. He'd go like this. Oh, crosses like butter like. When he, when he, uh, yeah, when he didn't want, when he thought I wasn't playing hard enough defense, and that was his two-way hockey signal, you know, reminding me as I was skating, because I honestly, when I was when I was younger, I probably played that kind of style, which is probably pretty normal among kids right. to play like sprong. Um, but yeah, you know, you you got to play two-way hockey. Yeah, fair enough, especially in the NHL. Um, or you have to drop in 50 goals a year. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, 
but moving on in this game, the, with five and a half minutes left in the second, Brendan Dillon, you know, remember that guy? Uh, scores, which yeah. would have been cool to see if not against the Caps. That's his first as a Jet, his first goal. Uh, it was a pretty good snipe. I mean, Puck came to him and he just let it go and went high glove. Uh, and just, what can you say? Blind, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, and that one was a beauty. Yeah, I mean, when he played for the Caps, almost every time he scored, it was this kind of goal. Like, he didn't really score garbage goals. He would just throw a freaking snipe in every 15 games. Yeah, right. And, I mean, you know, what did he have? Like, I think he had his whole time with the Caps less than 10 goals, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it that, that's not his job, right? I mean, Brendan Dillon is what you would consider a stay-at-home defenseman who can somewhat, you know, he's who's a decent first-pass guy uh, and a physical presence, right? He's a body, a big guy uh, in bangs. So to see him score yeah. is, is cool, just not against the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, his goals are just a bonus. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And, I mean, he still gets into the double digits every year on assists, so it makes sense, right? Um, <clears throat> so... After a, thir- a three-goal second, the third was also pretty action-packed. Uh, early in, um, Morrissey scores a power play goal, just being found all alone. You know, failure to clear, uh, which has been streaky for the Caps. So there will be times where the Caps get hemmed in in their own zone, and it's just bad, bad news, right? And the goalie has to bail you out or we get scored on. Um, early on in the season, it seemed like our breakout was basically uh, god-level breakout it was it was just so smooth working so well uh but as the season drags on you know people get tired uh you know things get sloppy i guess things fray at the end if you want to say that uh and and it happens i don't think that anyone can expect your team's breakout to be flawless every time but you know when it is running the Caps have a really good breakout, but I've noticed that when things are sloppy for the Caps, it, it, it it's they don't they can't pick it put it pull it back together within the same game, right? I mean, by the time they do pull it back together in that game, it's too late and we're already down a pretty good margin. And if we do come back, we're fucking we're clawing, we're playing for overtime at that point, you know? Yeah. Uh so that sucks. Um but it was also a power play goal. Um, a lot of back and forth until halfway through the third, and the Caps get a greasy goal from a Chalowski shot from the point, and it bounces off Schultz's foot right to Shiri for the eventual, eventual game winner. Shiri, who we've been kind of gassing up in this in this episode, has scored another yet another um, important goal that that puts us ahead. Uh, and then we finish with two empty netters, one by Lisa and one by Ovi. So this is a real win, folks. Um, one by committee and then topped off with an empty net uh, OV goal. Yeah, man, love to see it. It, it uh, Ovechkin goals are just so fun. Yeah, I mean, even if they're, I, he needs more empty netters, you know, honestly. Um, there's a, you know, I think that uh, this game was a lot closer than the scoreboard indicated. We really want it in the back half of the third. Uh, but it was a really good, you know, like heart game, a lot of grind. Carl said in the, 
after the first period that, you know, it's going to need to be a greasy game that kind of someone, in, you know, we're going to have to get some garbage and clean up a garbage goal here and, and, and get the win. And that's literally exactly what happened. So, hey, you know, imagine that Carl Alsner knows a little bit about hockey. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, seven regular players out, basically. This one is, uh, you know, like I said, a much closer game than the final score indicates. So, moving on, we finally get back to... So, that was just a one-and-done trip, right? So, we were in the Midwest, went from Chicago, stayed in Chicago an extra night. Team goes to Winnipeg, making sure that everybody's, like, COVID-approved. Um, and, obviously, this is when we find out that Backstrom is on the COVID protocol list for Winnipeg, so he doesn't go. Koozie already there, um, which, I mean, you know, we didn't even brush on this, but like Koozie's had COVID three times in two years. I I just yeah, wonder, uh, you know, long-term effects, dude. Yeah, that is pretty scary. And I just wonder, I mean, the whole team was vaccinated, you know, so right. two different rounds of natural antibodies and a vaccine and he still is catching it. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel at this point it's not just his fault, right? I mean, he's like something – he's prone to it or something. I don't know. I'm sure – I'm no doctor. Yeah. Obviously, don't quote me on this shit, but – Yeah, I mean, I think with every disease, there's people who are naturally less likely to get it and naturally more likely to get it depending on their, their DNA breakdown, you know? And so right. yeah, maybe he's an unlucky person that's just kind of susceptible to it. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think he's, like, I mean, I hope he doesn't have, like, some weird habit of, like, licking doorknobs or something, but... Yeah, that would be strange. <laughs> I feel like, other than that, there's, that's, like, one of the, like, he has some weird fetish around licking doorknobs or, like, I don't know, toilet seats. <laughs> we don't kink shame here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the 19th, which is Sunday, the L.A. Kings come to town. Now, the L.A. Kings aren't really the dumpster fire that they've been. I think that this is one of their better years. I think, and I'm just going to check the standings right now, but I think they're outside looking in um, on the playoff picture, but not by a lot, right? So they're fourth. Uh, for a wild card spot, and they have 33 points, where Edmonton is sitting in the last wild card spot, tied with Colorado at 36 points. So they're really—I mean, they're—they're they're a cusp team. They could be in the playoffs uh, if they can, especially if they continue playing this way. So, you know, I think a lot of people coming into the season thought LA was clapped out. I mean, I was one of them. You know, I didn't think that they were going to do a lot, even though they have you know Iafalo and and. Um, couple really good players on that team Kimpe who's really coming up and of course like the the stalwart Anze Kopitar um you know and you know we'll mention Dustin Brown though I don't even know how relevant he's been uh, he had he had a good season like last season I think uh but or two seasons ago but those were after like two consecutively like historically bad seasons for him so he's also getting up there in age you know with Anze but that's a two-time he's got 11 player. points Dustin Brown. Yeah, I, I had to look it up. I wasn't sure if he was still playing. Yeah, um, he's got eleven points, and it looks like 
He has no letters on his jersey, not even an A. Used to be the captain, nothing. Wow. And now on, and Kopitar's the captain now, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so like the once Daryl Sutter exited stage left, I think um, things things got really mixed up with the Kings, uh, especially after winning what was it, two cups in three years or something. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, 2012, 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, they were looking at like dynasty numbers, but they never got that third one in. So, I think that that mixed some stuff up. And Dustin Brown obviously has had to struggle with a couple things, but I think he'll end up retiring as a as a king. To be completely honest. Um. Yeah, he's probably the best player to ever play for the Kings. Dustin Brown. Yeah. Are you serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, well, it sucks because Dustin Brown's, you know, he's like a good, he's American, I believe. Um, uh, and yeah. he was a huge part of those those teams in in the cup run and, and leading up to that as well in those cup runs. But he's had quite a precipitous drop. Uh, followed by like a resurgent year, and then maybe people are like, "Oh yeah, Dustin Brown's back," and then it's like, mm. you know, eleven points though isn't terrible, but I'm not saying that's definitely not top six numbers, you know. No, but you know, it's not bad for a 37 year old. Not everybody can be Obi. That's true. That's true. We'll give it to him. Um, so you know, just some main takeaways from this is our fucking power play is so in the shitter and has been for like 10 games now, it feels. Uh, not only did we go an 0 for 6 this game on power play goals when we're looking for Ovi to fucking just break, just become the all-time number one GOAT in power play goals, uh, we give up a shorthanded goal. And this is, you know, Ovi getting caught. Three guys in the uh, trying to like fuck that puck and into the corner. And... Um, I think it's Kempe who comes around with it and slings it over uh, to uh, what's his name Lazat, and and he just buries a nice one. And Ovi's like you know water skiing behind him, trying to get the puck. I mean, he was just completely out of position. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a sort of back check. Yeah, which in his defense, if if I see three of my teammates around a, a single opposing player and the puck is there, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely coming out our, our way. But it did not. Yeah. <laughs> There's really no way that that sh- – Ovi shouldn't have even had to make a play. Right. Like, I don't understand what, what's happened there, but it was uh, quite a catastrophic break, and that just goes to show how, how quickly things can turn in this league. But uh, <laughs> still, 0 for 6, man. I mean, L.A., was just sloppy, right? I mean, slashes, high sticks. I mean, these were not, these were, and then, you know, Brendan Lemieux losing his fucking mind. I don't know what the fuck that guy's on, uh, but he's, he's trying to be like, he's like trying to be the ne- the next villain of the NHL, uh, as, as Spit and Chicklets has said, uh, or questioned. And he's just no Tom Wilson, you know, I don't think he has the clout to do it, but, uh, he's going to try his hardest. You know, he bit a man <laughs> and yeah. he is back playing. So 
Yeah, biting someone will definitely get uh, get you up in the ranks. <laughs> uh, and then he like scores a goal. He comes back from the from the biting incident, scores a goal, like taunts the bench. I mean, you know, just a lot of scumbaggery uh, going on here. And you know, I'm the first to appreciate that. It's fine, but uh, yeah, I mean, he tries to beat up Beck Malenstein. Who, I mean, those young guys did get in there, but like, I don't, you know, Beck did not go into that intending to get his ass kicked. <laughs> and then he looks up and it's Brendan Lemieux and he's already got the gloves and helmet off. He's like ready to go. Uh, I, I mean, if he was more of a relevant player, I think I'd be more upset. Brendan Lemieux, that is. Yeah, I mean, I think this is what can be expected of him night in and night out from here on out. You know, he's just right. going to be doing stuff that is annoying. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it, you, just, you can't help but wonder if, if some of these antics may have been uh, not as pronounced if Tom Wilson was on the ice. True. That is true. Um or at least Tom Wilson would be the target of it, not a rookie. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, he ends up getting the extra two minutes. So we get a power play out of this, which is deserved for sure. Good thing we have such a potent power play, right? I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like they we just need to get somehow Ovi needs to score this goddamn extra power play goal. And then everybody can stop like thinking about it and get back to their job and that's scoring goals on the power play. And obviously the first job that shouldn't even be mentioned is not giving up goals on the power play. So, you know, I would just love for love to see him get over this hump and then move on. And I, I have a feeling that's going to let the, let the uh, power play click again, you know, with, it, in times where our power play is top notch, we have either Kuznetsov or Backstrom on the half boards, and they're scoring. Oshie's in the middle, and he's scoring. John Carlson's at the point, and he's scoring on the power play. And then Ovi's also scoring. So you have like threats from like four different spots on the ice, which obviously makes it a little bit easier for those guys, like TJ Oshie and Backstrom, like the basically the right side corner guys to uh to work um but how long has this formation been in as a part of the washington capitals like power play as long as i can remember since bruce boudreaux right yeah that sounds right yeah i mean it's it's I can't, I mean, that, and then I think Adam Oates really just doubled down on it. So, I get that this is, like, the way that the NHL has it, but you know what I really liked with, and I know it's counterintuitive because with man-up situations, you should use passing to your advantage so that you're not skating a lot, but I really liked that kind of, like, motion, that high motion where you cycled three guys up high because you had so much more space, and then finish the play with a pass. We saw some flashes of that when Kuznetsov was in, getting in the mix and just holding the puck on a stick 
while he's got while the power play is going, you know, and and then stirring things up in the top, and then basically getting like a a cycle going up top where the puck's getting whipped around and, and guys are moving in and out. So it was almost like a like a two two one into a one three or a one three one, and then like a a nice finish at the end with like a little misdirection with the puck being on one side of the ice and then crossing planes and burying it down low or, or finding the open guy, the extra open guy, um, since it's the power play. I don't know, man. I mean, do you think that we need to change? I, I know that captains have been calling for some sort of, you know, like get fucking foresight out of there. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any answers, especially with our depleted roster, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's pretty well figured out at this point right. by the entire league. So, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe put Ovi in the bumper. Yeah. Seriously. I don't know. I mean, he's got the release for it, and he's got the size. I mean, I think TJ yeah, Oshie's then, got the better hands for that position. Yeah. But I mean, TJ's out right now, and then maybe that, you know, you could put someone Spronger in the OV spot. A, either that, or someone who's a little more pass first. I mean, maybe, maybe you bump over Carlson to OV spot and put Orlov up there, and run two D on the power play. Yeah, interesting. So immediately after we give up that shorthanded goal, uh, Lavi throws two D over the boards because <laughs> we're running seven D anyways. So he's just like, fuck yeah. this. <laughs> you guys suck. Here's two defensemen. Um, and OV had to sit and everything. Like, they changed up the entire power play uh, uh, deployment. So, <clears throat> or maybe like a Carlson Schultz versus Orlov. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking lefty stick. Right. And, you know, Orlov can pass pretty well and he can rip it as well. So, um, you know, because he's been used on some of these power plays as the guy who brings it into the zone. Yeah. Yeah. The puck taxi, right? Uh, and that might be it. I, I just, <clears throat> you see that 0 for 6 and you're like, fuck, that's really, really bad. You know, I mean, not even, I mean, a 1 for 6 would be better, you know? Uh, and then you see the OV, o, o for six with the shorthanded goal. It's even worse. Yeah. So I, I don't, uh, I mean, even if we were, ha- we had to implement a change, it would be all for nothing when everybody else got healthy. And then we probably just return back to our original power play. Right. Yeah. Most likely. Cause you're going to think, well, it just wasn't working because those guys weren't there. Right, exactly, exactly. I would just like another look. That's all. Like, why is Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, power play amazing? Because they have the personnel to fire one-timers from Kucherov and Stamkos when Kucherov's there. But they also have, you know, other guys that can be in on the left uh, on the left side and the right side. So they have scoring threats from both from both circles and in close. And, you know, obviously, like, Hedman quarterbacking it. So... That's super potent, right? I don't see how you suck with those guys on the ice um, on the offensive side. But 
yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes i don't know <laughs> you know we've been asking i think capstan's been asking for a change in the power play forever and then we start winning again and nobody gives a shit everybody forgets about it right um but we'll we'll see if this continues what happens uh i would expect not much though yeah it's kind of like what you're saying it's it's kind of like when you you wake up with a hangover and like, <laughs> i'm never drinking again and then the hangover's gone and you head for the, the fridge and get a beer. And right. That's kind of, that's how it is with, with the power play. Once it starts working again, you forget all about it until you wake up with a hangover and you say you got to change things. Right. You've gone like 0 for 13 on the power play, right? Um, so, uh, you know, Caps fans, we, we had this we had this game. We were up, what, 2-1 for a long period of time. Um, and then in the second there was a King's goal off of like a big old, like nothing burger play that turned into a goal against, I mean, this was just a, a shitty breakdown. I mean, it was a good shot. Um, Vanacek probably could have done a little bit better on the rebound control there, but it's far and away. I mean, this is exactly what this shot was intended to do. And um, I don't, I think it was Kimpe who, who flies by the puck first it's a little behind him anyways, but he draws that defender away. And then the center is supposed to pick up that that, that late guy in. And, it, I mean, you know, give credit where it's due. Uh, the offensive player did, did bump over so that he'd be kind of away from Dowd. But Dowd was really puck watching there. You know, I, I, I say if anybody was a bad guy, it was him because he let his, he let his assignment go and then the puck went right to him and dude just buried it. Uh, and then the third goal, uh, <laughs> you know, hate to mention it, but Ovi gets beat to a puck and it was just kind of a weird play. Like Kimpe doesn't even really touch this thing more than once. It's on its edge. I think he tries to handle it and somehow it just gets lofted over VTech. It was, uh, not a pretty breakaway goal, but a breakaway goal nonetheless. Yeah. It was like an accidental Kucherov. Yeah, right, exactly. And he just like whacks it uh, inadvertently and it just kind of chips over, chips over Vanacek. You know, Vanny cannot get good defense to be played in front of him, nor can he get fucking any puck luck, man. I mean, the rebound is a perfect example. That's bad defense. The The breakaway, you know, again, that's bad defense. It's blown coverage. And then this weird bounce where he would probably have saved. I mean, I think that if Kemp actually tried to go five hole or far side, he would have saved that. It's just been, uh, he's just a, a bad luck guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, VTech deserves better than what he's getting. <laughs> yeah. So who do you think's in? Okay. So what, what are next week's games? First off. So next week, uh, at Philly and at the Isles. It's the 21st Christmas. and the 23rd. So that is Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. So starting off your Christmas, right? Um, <clears throat> by the way, Caps fans, we're going to be taking the next, the, the next week off. So we won't, you won't have episodes for us on 
Tuesday and Thursday of the week after Christmas, but we'll be back with you in the new year to tell you all about our boring New Year's Eve, which I'm sure is going to be trash. I have to go to a fucking wedding, dude. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, I've only been to one New Year's wedding in my life. And how, was, how was it? How was it? Well, I was a child, so. Oh. This is a no kids allowed New Year's wedding. Well, it'll be more fun then. <sighs> yeah, I guess. But I'm probably still just going to bail at like 10. <laughs> at, at, we'll, probably, we'll probably just eat, have a drink, like, and leave. I'm being dragged to this one. Um, just walk out right through the first dance. <laughs> like get in between them. Be like later. <laughs> yeah. Wings okay. Sucks. Thanks for inviting us. <laughs> hmm. Oh shit. That'd be fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> your gift was my presence. Exactly. All right. That's, that's anybody's gift who gets to hang out with me. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've got Philly in the aisles. That is, uh, I don't know. So I'm totally turned around here. I don't remember why I asked you about uh, next week's games. Uh, but you're probably going to ask me who who I want in net. Oh yeah, that's right. So who do you do you think against Philly? We see Vanacek or Sammy. I think we see Sammy. You do. Yeah. Okay. Two and days then, rest. Uh, the, the team gets two days rest for this, and then you think Sammy goes in. Yeah, I think Sammy goes in, and unless he has, like, an incredible game and a shutout, then Vitek gets Thursday. Or, yeah, Thursday. Really? You think they're going to switch again? Yeah. Two-game week before break. Give them each a game. I think that that would be a smart thing to do. I'm just not sure it's going to happen. Now, if you look at the Chicago game and you look at the L.A. game of this week, who played worse in net? So those are both the goalies' probably worst games, I'd say. Even though Vitek, I think, had a really strong game tonight. So I think that Sammy's game was worse than Vitek's game. Yeah, I think so, too. And Vitek's got the win. So he's got that to his advantage in uh, recency bias. Um, Yeah, I'd have to agree that VTech played better in a loss. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't have any indicators. I I think, though, and I – I don't know if, if you think this too, but I, I think that Vitek's on a on a shorter leash than Sammy. Yeah, he's, he's not the organ, he's not management sweetheart. Right, he's not the golden boy, and uh, he does have less starts this season. So, you know, at one point, I think you know people were basically like, "Oh, it's Sammy's net, it's Sammy's net," and nah, I don't, I don't think it's completely solidified, but I, I think that he has a little bit more going for him. It'll be interesting to see. I think um, I'm not sure. I think I would like. I think that you're right. I think I would like to see Vitek play this next game though against Philly, and then Sammy get the Isles. I think that that's a good because I think the Isles are a weaker team. So 
it'd be cool to see Sammy get some like get an easy game in before the vacay, get the vacay in, and then come back next week and, and see how they practice. And it's kind of like a blank slate at that point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I feel I think that if both if we get wins out of both these games and nobody has to get pulled for it, um, probably returns to Sammy in the coming weeks, like after the break. Give Sammy the first one, see how he plays. If he plays a little shaky, you know, alternate between him and VTech. But um, from what I've seen in deployment so far, thus far, I think that they're going to want to keep the player, like a goalie to take like four or five starts, three or, three or five starts, and then, you know, it's not just like a one-off, right? Or like in a back-to-back situation where the starter rests the back-to-back day and then uh, back to the starter again, right? I feel like it's VTech gets a few games, Sammy gets a few games, and vice versa. Yeah, it definitely is. That's how it felt so far. Yeah. So... Last week we predicted that um, Ovi would score. I predicted two goals. You predicted three. That's a dub for me, right? Yep. And you had said, and we both went two zero and one, and we went one one and one. So we'll tie that. We'll tie that, right? Yeah. Three points when we each thought five. Right, right. <clears throat> um, and then, so that being said, you know what? I think the Caps turn it around. We're going to go 2-0. 2-0. And I think that Ovi is going to have three goals in two games. Nice. Yeah. Going hard here. Um, so, I'm thinking one and one. With one OV goal. Okay. You fucking coward. What um what game are we losing? Philly. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. I don't I don't see it. I think that the Caps have got lost that last game in Philly. It was a close game and they came out flat looking like shit. I think that they have something to prove here. So mm, I hope you're right. Yeah. I'm looking for uh for a blowout in Philadelphia here. All right. Well, I think we've been blabbing for long enough. Captions, be sure to tune in on Thursday. We're going to be talking about COVID protocols and the hockey troll hip check. And Polly is going to be going a little bit deeper into Chell 2022, uh, and namely his crush, Hillary Knight, and the other women on the <laughs> yeah on the game. So it, yeah. Yeah, Chell plus um, what's been going on with U.S. women's hockey. Absolutely. All right. Paul, you have anything else? Uh, nope. All right. Well, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Until Thursday, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, 
on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.